0: and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is where we have a big open, and then it's like music, and then Sage Rosenfels. And and I can't wait to talk to him because he's going to roll Matt Nagy's offense. Sage on the phone?
2: Then the vault crashed. All right, so <laughs> let's.
1: here's what we're doing. I'm going to be like, hey, there's music here, and it's like, Sage Rosenfels.
2: Big voice going, Sage Rosenfels. And there's a highlight, and it's Sage Rosenfels. He throws it, it's a touchdown. We've never seen a greater quarterback ever
1: who's lived on the planet Earth. But the real highlight here is going to be Sage Rosenfels after that horrible offensive performance. And we were looking forward to this. Yes. And Dan made a pun, and then I made a worse pun. And now we're here and being punished by karma for them by not having an open. It, Are you here, it, to it, Sage? Yes, he's here. Hey. <laughs> I,
3: I I, am here. I don't need an opening ever. I definitely don't need an opening today. It doesn't feel like uh, any sort of time for a celebration or a highlight. <laughs> we're in uh, mourning. I just had to watch that game in fine detail. There's a difference between like watching the game in real time, you know, at a noon kickoff and you watch it for your 3 hours and you move on. When I watch it, I have to like rewind the plays and go like, what happened here? Like what was the call? Why did it not work? Who got sacked and why? And then I take notes on it. And now, before I go on with you guys, I read those notes and it's like three stabs to the heart, not just one if you watch it in real time. It's now
2: a, that's an open. There you go. It's our new segment, Sitting Sports Shiva with Sage Rosenfels who is on Twitter at Sage Rosenfels18. He is with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash chicago 670 The Score. So I don't think I need to ask a question here all i will say is the floor is yours with whatever you saw of whatever that was
3: well i mean let's just start off by who they played all right the cleveland browns really good football team let's just say that all right you have to take everything into consideration with a very good defense one of the better defenses in the national football league what are the better defensive lines i mean they've got Clowney, they've got miles garrett uh, they've got some really good players over there. Uh, also, you're playing against an offense, which is more that I'm more familiar with, that I've had a lot more success with in this Kevin Stefanski offense, quarterback under center, outside zones. They, they ran a lot of power and stuff, but a lot of bootlegs, a lot of play action, a lot of screen game, a lot of moving of the pocket. All right. And they had various amounts of success in those Uh, on those various types of plays when Baker was just straight drop back and shotgun, they struggled a lot of times. I mean, the bears defense got after Baker and sacked him multiple times. I don't know what the number was five, six in this game, five in the game. So that just goes to show one of the best teams in national football league with, I think one of the best coaches in national football league, when they, also just drop back and shotgun and the aiming point for all the defensive linemen is at six yards behind the center. It is a real struggle. It's the hardest thing to do in the, in the national football league is drop back pass. I know I've said it on this show before you want to run the football then you got bootlegs, then you got play action. You've got screen game, various types of screens. You got wide receiver screens. You got tight end screens. You got running back screens. Um, You've got three step, get the ball out quick. You've got five and seven. Five and seven step drops out of shotgun. The hardest thing to do in the National Football League. The Bears spend 90% of their time in shotgun. And most of their plays in shotgun play actions. They're asking an offensive line that we all know is not all that great. They're asking them with a young quarterback to drop back pass through the hardest thing in the National Football League. Not only that... But they're not really leaving their tight ends in. They're not really leaving a running back in very much. They're releasing these guys. I don't know what the number is. I thought I saw Dan Orlovsky say from like 13 plays the other day. They had a five-man protection scheme. And, yes, in theory, five men can block five guys on the other side or five men can block four guys on the other side. But it's easier said than done. Those guys on the other side, the D linemen, they are freaks of nature. So asking your guys to block those guys consistently without giving them a different place to try to rush to is really, really hard. to. It's the hardest thing to do. And so let's just start there. They tried to boot them a few times in the game. They're not usually successful on them because it's not what Matt Nagy does. That's not, that's not what he knows. Right? He doesn't know the fine details of why you run these types of bootlegs or why you run those types of bootlegs or what looks are bad. Right? They, that's not what he has done for most of his coaching career. So now you're just sort of running bootlegs to run them, but are they the best for that look that you're seeing? Are they best for that front that you're seeing? All right? So it is, to me, it's a, it's a huge mess watching this offense and going through my notes and from drive one to drive two to drive three, there's just a, a couple of plays on each drive. They're like, Oh, that's a terrible route combination for that coverage. You're trying to throw slant flat in the cover four. that's probably the worst coverage to throw that play into, but the bears are doing it. Uh, uh, you're seeing cover two the Bears decide they're going to max protect and block with seven guys. Now you got three guys out on a route versus seven guys defensively. Of course there's no good, nobody that's going to be open. All right? You have a play where you go five-man pass rush. They go double-A gaps. Of course, Jason Peters, he has to squeeze down in case that linebacker over the center blitzes. So they squeeze it down. Now you got Miles Garrett running free. You look like an idiot out there. You're leaving one of the best players on defense in the National Football League completely unblocked. It's really not Jason Peters' fault. They called a five-man protection, and the left tackle has to squeeze down or else it's going to be a middle linebacker running free at the quarterback. So it is a litany of problems. It is a slew of debauchery out there. I, I, it's, it's, it's very hard to watch. All right. Offenses don't have to be high scoring and all these things. They have to be consistent and productive. And this offense is basically consistently unproductive. And so there's so many things wrong with it For what I saw in that game that uh, I don't know really where to start, you know. And, and they run running plays into will linebacker blitzes. Those are bad looks. The safety is going to come down. No one's going to block him because the, the receiver's out wide. Like, they, they just do consistently run plays into really bad looks, and that is coaching it. That's not players, all right? Uh, p- players, yes, does it, it, a matter to have good receivers and get guys, and they can get open, and they can get separation. They can go up in 50-50 balls and get those. Yeah, players matter. But coaches help players get open. They do by the design of their plays, by the design of their pass plays, by the, by the motions, by all the things. They help players be better than they individually are. And I don't see any of that, any of that. On this coaching staff, on offense,
1: you would know if a plan was deliberate or not. And it oh, I don't think
3: it was deliberate. I felt I'm not like, like it was I, malpractice I, to the point of
1: deliberate.
3: Yeah, I, I, it, it, you're, you're correct. It feels that way, right? I like,
1: never, I, you know, that's I not logically think... possible,
2: right? But, but that's what I, the way I phrased it, Sage was. I'm not, I, I can't accuse Matt Nagy of deliberately sabotaging Justin Fields, but if you did design a game plan with that in mind, that's what it would look like.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel that way. But when, when you, you saw it, what, did, what was your takeaway knowing that you'd seen two weeks of previous, previous look with different quarterbacks?
3: I, not two weeks. I've seen this for four years.
1: Fair, right? yes. You saw the
3: same thing with Mitch. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Sometimes you try to, it, he tries to oversimplify by dumbing it down to the, like the most simple plays. And this is the National Football League. Those don't always work. You know, you have to have some complexity to you. And then other times he tries to, I said, all these five-man pass pros are so hard on an offensive line, much less a struggling offensive line who has a left tackle, who is beyond his years at this point. And it's just, it's you're making it, 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 it make it hard. He doesn't make it easy on his offense. Baker Mayfield yesterday, uh, two days ago, didn't play amazing. He did his job. He made a couple plays, but he really just did his job. And it, over the course of the game, the offense sorts itself out and the, you make enough plays and you win. It, uh, Justin Fields had to be a miracle worker. Mitch Trubisky had to be a miracle worker. That's not what you, you, you want your quarterback to do. The, the defenses in the NFL are just too good to try to m- make the quarterback the centerpiece of everything. And when you're in shotgun, the quarterback is the centerpiece of everything. And it's, it's, it's your fakes. You know, they, 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 they shotgun him the ball. He does this little, we call a token fake, which it's a fake for the quarterback and the running back, but the offensive line's not faking, which means the defensive line's not going for it. The linebackers aren't going for it. It doesn't do anything but waste more time. So they don't do anything that just makes the job uh, easier for Justin Fields or whoever's back there. And so it's not the quarterback. And you can change, you can put whatever quarterback you want out there. I, I, I promise you this, if somehow if it was like, the Bears signed Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, they're not going to run this offense. You don't see Tom Brady running this offense, this pocket pass. He's the best pocket passer probably in the NFL right now. You don't see him running this offense. The only one that has sort of run it is Pat Mahomes, and he is like Superman, right? I mean, any coach in Chicago knows probably could have won a, a championship or two with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen on the team, it was next to the nose necessarily. No offense to Phil, it's the Jimmys and the Joes, right? And and with, with with quarterbacks though, with the team game that it is, it takes everybody and it takes making the job easy on the quarterback as possible. And easy does not mean simplify. Easy means allow them to get out of the pocket more, play action. To more, not get his ass kicked for you know, up and down the field. I mean, and they just stay there's... in. They just stay in shotgun. And they just stay there, and Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, they know exactly where he's going to be. I feel bad for Justin Fields. I've known this kid since he was 17 years old, and I knew coming to Chicago was probably not going to be a good spot for him because, as they say, it's not when you get drafted, it's where you get drafted. It's not because the the Chicago franchise is a disaster. It's because the Chicago offense is a disaster. (sighs) This team's got good players. This team's got really good players on defense. This team's got some really good players on offense. But you need a guy who can make more out of less. That, that's a good offensive coordinator. And the Bears don't have it. They don't have it, and it's, it's their head coach, and that's why he was hired. And it so much reminds me. And, I, and you know, before this show, I do a nine fifteen in Houston uh, on, on Tuesdays as well. And I watch their offense and, and, and go through the whole thing just like this. But when I got traded from Houston and Minnesota and I left Kyle Shanahan and Gary Kubiak in that offense that I thought made me into a pretty good NFL quarterback, enough where another team was trading for me to start, the Minnesota Vikings, I got there, and Brad Childress was the head coach. And Brad Childress was saying, yeah, I'm going to run this kick-ass offense. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And he had, sure enough, come from Andy Reid in Philadelphia, come from a team that had a great defense and a good quarterback in Don McNabb, and he got some credit for that. And our offense was terrible. All right? And then Brett Favre showed up and it was it became really good, but we didn't have Brett Favre. I wasn't Brett Favre. Justin Fields isn't Brett Favre. Either is Andy Dalton. And it feels to me so similar to that situation where a guy was hired because of his previous team success that my guess is he had very little to do with it.
1: Well, wow. Th- that's that's probably wow. one of the more damning I'd say piece of information we've heard somebody say, but I don't know how you're incorrect on that. No, this is where I, I, I it try feels,
3: to... It, I, feels the exact, it feels the exact same. Well, it just, feels so similar to me.
2: And I'm trying to square the circle here about when you say he's just not helping, is not making it easy on him? And I keep asking, I'll channel my inner Matt Nagy, why? I want to find the why. Why? And... When you keep having all the, you're, you're surrounded by offensive minds. You've got a, you've got an entire organization worth of people. Someone else has to see it. And when Olin Krutz comes on these airwaves and says, "Write it on the grease board," he said, "When Matt Nagy comes to work, somebody in the organization has to write on that grease board. Here's what our numbers are when you call plays. Here are the actual results. Now, these are the yards. This is the points or lack thereof." why does he not see it? Why does he not want to see it? Why does he not try harder? Even last year when he fired himself from play calling, and we went through it every week and things got a little bit better, but then he reinstalls himself. Like, How do we negi-proof the Bears?
3: Well, you don't. He's the head coach, and you you buy the head coach, and that's what you have to play with until he's not the head coach anymore. I mean, you go into a game – and you have all these plays, and the very first third and short in the game, they had a third and two. The Bears run a crack toss to their left, and it's stuffed for no gain, and they punt. All right. On that play, will linebacker on the ball, safety down. Everybody is over there. That's not the play you want to run. That's the last play you want to run. You want, if you want to run it, you got to run it the other way. But that's what the Bears ran. They had all week to design the first third-and-two play, and that's what they came up with, a play that is the worst look for the crack toss, and they run it. They didn't audible. They didn't have anything else in the bag. They didn't check to a pass. They ran the worst play possible, and that's, to me, sort of a, um, uh, I don't know, a symbol or whatever of the Bears. eyes like, start off first first third down of the game. Here we go. Worst play you can run and that was the Bears for a lot of this game.
1: Having played quarterback, what kind of damage, if this goes on for multiple games a season, if it goes on for a couple games a season, even if he's the backup quarterback and he's he's in this offense for a year, what kind of long-term damage can this do to not just him but his career and Bears fans watching, knowing that he's a talented quarterback, they've seen it year in and year out in college, this doesn't have to be this this case.
3: Um, I'm not going to get into like long term damage. I mean, Peyton Manning, his rookie year was terrible. I remember he, they were like three and thirteen, and his stats were off the charts bad. He was throwing picks left and right. Um, you know, you look at Justin Fields. They're asking the same question over there in Jacksonville. You know, rookie quarterbacks. It can be. It can be really hard. It's a hard, complex game.
1: Steve Young, college football,
3: college football is football sometimes. Pro football is football all the time. And the coaches do it all the time. There's no recruiting. All right. They are in their offices trying to design things every day that make it harder on the other side of the football. And it's so detailed and so complex that to just roll out a rookie quarterback is hard to do. It really is. And I've been wanting Justin Fields to play too because I feel like, I feel like, and I'm not a coach. I'm not going to go coach for the Chicago Bears. I'm raising my kids in Omaha. But I feel like that I could have put a game plan together that would have been easier for Justin to go out and execute, but not dumb, not like dumb it down easy, but like easy for him to go out and, and execute and get some completions, throw some screens for crying out loud. Can we throw some screens in, in this offense? But, you know, you try to do things to make it easier on the quarterback and the offensive line. And this coaching staff is, is, is not doing that. And so I don't worry too much about long-term uh, negative effects on the quarterback. And I think, you know, I think people go back to like, was the 2002 when David Carr was in Houston and he got sacked yes. 98 times or whatever it was. And did that uh, shell shock him for the rest of the career? No, that's the way he played for the rest of his career. I mean, he always took a lot of sacks and there's a lot that goes into that, but I don't think that had any effect on, on David Carver, I think he'll go back to that. And I think Justin Fields is a strong, mentally strong, smart, tough kid. He knows that a career is not one game. A career is not one season. A career is not two seasons. This is a marathon. It's not a one-game sprint. And I think he's going to keep working, keep learning uh, as best he can from these coaches. But I don't worry about the, his long-term effects. I do still think he can and will be a good NFL quarterback, but he just has to get in the right system.
2: Outstanding stuff, Sage. Really, really good stuff. And I think this is uh, going to be rerun on uh, several of the score shows throughout the day. It was, uh, this is, that's real good. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Sage. All
2: right. Thanks for having me on. That is Sage Rosenfels, our
0: quarterbacking guru. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,